Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. What have we covered so far? That um, people will ask you certain questions and I'll try and come to the questions. The objections about the Trinity, people will just try to put forth. But I spoke about how um, Isaiah chapter 43 verse 10, God said, I am one. Okay, so in Isaiah 43 verse 10, let's read it up from the screen if you can see it. Please, let's go. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there is no God. Before, before me there is, before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. So he said that uh, I am he. Before me there's no God. So I'm only one. There's no God before, there's no God after. It's, it's me. When we talk about God, it's just me. So God is not uh, three gods. There is only one true God. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. The only unto the king eternal immortal invisible death. Only. It's only. And First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says that there is one God. It's clear. New Testament teaches that there, is how many, there are how many gods? There is what? One God. There. Let's all read the first, line, the, the, the first sentence together. All right, let's stay with the before the comma. Let's read it louder. Oh, come on, read like a Christian. Let's go. How many? How many? So when the Muslim tells you that Christians, I have a problem with you because you worship three gods. Tell them they should go back to grammar lessons and then show them this, and then grammatically they should tell us what that means. New Testament clearly says that there is one God. All right, and here, O Israel, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, Deuteronomy 6.4, is one. The Lord your God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So we have uh, underscored the fact that God is one. All right. Now, then brings the subject. So why do we talk about the Trinity? When we say the Trinity, actually, one of the objections is the Trinity is not in the Bible. So the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Uh, Emperor Constantine invented it or they will tell you some uh, Augustine or some people brought it in into Christianity. Yeah, in the same way, omnipotence is not in the Bible. Omniscience is not in the Bible. Uh, when we say God is omnipresent, it's not in the Bible. But the concept, the truth is so glaring in the Bible, you must be very dull or dumb to ignore that that is what it is. <laughs> so the Trinity is tri-unity. Tri-unity, actually. If you want a biblical word that is actually in the Bible, that is actually preferable to use more than the Trinity, even though the Trinity is not anything wrong. It's Bible uses in Romans chapter uh, 1, verse, let's look at verse 19. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. Um, let, let's start from verse 18 and then all right it says that 
For the wrath of God is revealed for unrighteousness of men. Okay, verse, verse, let's go to verse 20. I think this is verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Now, this word, Godhead, is different from the head of the church. <laughs> and it's not, it's not the same. It doesn't mean the head of God. The, the word Godhead is what we call Trinity. So the Godhead is made up of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And so, for your information, God the Father, God the Son, God, God the Holy Spirit. And then in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, which is a very popular, common scripture, the Bible says that God said, let us. Woo! When he hadn't created anybody who can reason. He hadn't created any reasonable or reasoning. Oh, maybe he was talking to the animals. <laughs> so the animals made you. Why well, is it because you think you are not handsome or beautiful? So you think animals made you. <laughs> then God said, let us make. Let us make. And God, just to make you know that he's not talking to the animals. Look at the next verse. He said, so God created man. In, who created man? By the previous statement, God said what? Let us make. So if he was do, making with some other people, he would have said, and so God and them created man, or God's created man, or they created man. But God is not a they, even though he's an us. So it says that, and God made man, or God created man in his image. So when God said, let us, he was talking about himself. So who was the other us? Or who are the others in the us? If it's one extra or two extra, or three, who are they? That is simple. You can never explain this text in the absence of the Godhead. If you say Godhead doesn't exist, you have a problem. How do you explain this? That God said, let us. And as I taught earlier on, Elohim, you know, seraphim, cherubim, it's plural. So Elohim, which is the name of God, is actually in itself connotes plurality. So now, to go further, I explain that God, the Father, let's all say the Father, the, Father, the, Son, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Anytime you hear the Father, oh, let me put it this way. Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4 that the time is coming, verse 23, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship who? Shall worship who? So when you remember the teachings I gave just before the uh, beginning of lockdown, I spoke about the true worship. I spoke about true worship is not only saying, I only worship God the Father. As long as once you say the Father, you imply the Son. There is a Latin phrase which should be called familiar, with some of, uh, familiar to some of us, which I've said before. Um, opera Trinitatis Dextra Indivisa Sanct. Opera Trinitatis Adextra Indivisa Sanct. 
Opera Trinitatis Adestra Indivisant, it means that the operations of the Trinity outside is indivisible. In other words, anytime you see the, the Son doing something, it's not only the Son doing it, it's the Father and the Spirit are involved. Anytime, that's why I say, let us make, they, they, they work together. So there's no way you can really separate the workings of the Son from the Father. From the father's working and there's no way you can separate the workings of the of the spirit from the son it's, it's just that how come the holy spirit said in acts chapter 13 verse 2 as they fasted and ministered the holy spirit said separate unto me unto you separate unto me so barnabas and so for the work which i who is the i there holy spirit has called them and then Paul said that uh, an apostle of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle, Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle. Right? A born servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle. Separated. Into, so he's actually called to be an apostle. And it's, when you read um, uh, 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 Corinthians and some of the other places, he introduces himself as an apostle of Christ. Called to be apostle, but Holy Spirit, when he was calling, he said, Separate to me, Paul, for the work which I have called them. He should have been an apostle of the Holy Spirit. But he's an apostle of Christ. So Paul, Paul called to be an apostle of who? Jesus Christ. But as Holy Spirit said, To the work where I have called them. So who did the calling? Opera Trinitas, Trinitatis. Oh, sorry. Opera, <laughs> opera, oh, opera Trinitatis Adextra Indivisa Sant. The operations of the Trinity. So when the Holy Spirit speaks, the Son is speaking. When the Son speaks, the Father is speaking. The Holy Spirit. Uh, opera Trinitatis Adextra Indivisa Sant. It's very important to understand that. So you can't separate their workings. That's what Jesus said. He who has seen me has seen the Father. The Spirit comes and all he does is to reveal Christ. He said, doesn't say anything by himself. Whatever he hears me say, he speaks. John chapter 16, verse 13, 12, 13, 14. Whatever it takes, he gives you. He will take of mine and give to you. So he, he actually, when he's operating, is Christ who is operating. That is why it's called the Spirit of Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, he's the Spirit of Christ. Praise God. All right, so you cannot separate the Holy Spirit from the Son and from the Father. Neither can you separate any. But at the same time, so let me just take it systematically. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the Father is God. Bible talks first, Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. God the Father. Let's all say God the Father. Say it again. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, clearly. So the Father is God. How about the Son? That's what the Father being God is everywhere. The Son, that's where the problem of atheists, Jehovah's Witness, most, uh, Islam, and some of the other um, religions, that's where they have a problem. I find it very interesting when Muslims get themselves so busy trying to tell Christians who Jesus is. <laughs> 
we are followers of Christ. We've dedicated our, and all we do is, we don't have time for the Quran. We study about what Christ says. The Bible, everything we do is Christ, Christ, Christ. Now you are coming to tell us who Christ is on the, on the account of the Quran. <laughs> it's so bizarre, preposterous, and absurd. Not even bizarre, absurd. But when you are blinded, you are deluded to believe a lie. Bible says that when Peter was brought from the prison by the uh, uh, angel, he said, go and tell the people these words of life. The words of life. I think Acts chapter 12 is something like that. No, Acts chapter 5. Go and tell them, verse 20 or so, the words, these words of life. So we have the words of life. In fact, when the angel appeared to Cornelius, he said, he said to him that... Um, when the angels appeared to Cornelio, he said to him that, send to Joppa for Peter, who will come and tell you worse by which you must be saved. Can you imagine? He will come and tell you worse by which, Acts chapter 11, verse 5, 6, 7, somewhere there, and chapter 10 as well. He will tell you worse by which, so the guys carry worse that save. Worse of life. Words of life is called the word of truth of the gospel. The word of truth. So then, why would I add something else when the word alone is sufficient? Sufficient. Philip went down to Samaria, Acts chapter eight, verse five, and preached Christ. You didn't have to. You didn't need. You don't. Need, Christ is not found in the Quran. Maybe there may be a Jesus in the Quran, but not a Christ. There's no Christ in the Quran. Philip went to Samaria and preached what? Christ. Christ. They, some people might preach Jesus, but they can't preach Christ. The Messiah. The Messiah. We preach Christ. Bible says that. And guess what? We preach Christ. <laughs> to the Jews establishing block. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, 19, 20. To the Jews establishing block. To the Greeks, an offense. It's foolishness. It offends them. We preach, we preach Christ crucified. Anyway, so they, I was wondering, but can people see that these people don't know what they're about? Do you have a religion to project or you have an attack on another religion? You know, like when it comes to elections, sometimes some people, all they do is they attack what this one is doing. No, tell, tell us what you are coming to do. So, back to what I'm saying. So, the problem with many of those other religions is Jesus Christ being God. And that is the basis, the platform for our Christianity, our salvation. You can't be saved unless you believe that Jesus is God. In fact, Jesus himself said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. That the foundation, you, if you are not on that foundation, you are not in the church. That revelation is a revelation. The revelation is a rock. And that rock, is, it must be instrument. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals it. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my spirit. It is, so I tell you, you are Peter. Upon this rock, this rock, this revelation that Jesus is the son 
the Christ, the son of the living God. Being the son of the living God is not talking about created being. He's talking about one with God. Because when he said he's the son of God, they said he's blaspheming. They'll kill him because he's saying he's the son of God. Actually, we were in Peckham some time ago, about three years of no, more than five years ago. Someone came and says that, how can you say God has a son? I tried to say God had an interaction, sexual interaction with somebody with another who wanted to have a son. Because I don't know, I said, I used to try to say God was married. And I said, but the cow and the chicken you have been eating who have been having children, babies, do they marry? Did they marry before? Do you need marriage to have a child? You haven't, maybe you have not lived in South London long enough. <laughs> But when they say God, Jesus Christ, God's son, they think it's, it means that God had to birth him. So then how can you say God had a wife or a, another human, another being to birth another? No, no, no. It's not that God birthed him. When he said he's the son of God, I thought on that, what it means for Jesus to say he's the son of God. It means that he's the only one that is, is like is off. It's like an extension of God, the extension of God. So it's not like God birthed him. He, in fact, John 1, 18 says that only the one, the only begotten who is in the bosom, bosom. He's, that bosom is not his stomach, not his tummy. That bosom means that he is so much part of God. He's the only one who can define God. He's the only one who can exegete God. He's the only one who can explain God. He's the only one who can reveal God. God, no man has seen God at any time. So for anyone to have a proper understanding and in human terms how God looks like, he says that it's only the son who is from the bosom of the father. He's so one with God. In John chapter 17, verse 2, he, look at the prayer. Jesus was praying. As you have given, uh, John chapter 17, verse 2, as you have given him authority over all flesh. This is, let's start from verse 1 so it can make sense. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his, uh, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father! the hour has come glorify your son that your son may also glorify you the next verse it says that as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him Woo. Now look at the verse 3. I like the verse 3. That's where we're going. It says that, and this is the, this is the eternal, that they may know you, the only true God. They say that Jesus said God is the only true God. So Jesus is not God. We'll come to this, okay? The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Look at the next verse. We are going to five. I have glorified you on the earth. Watch this. I have finished the work you have given to me to do. Look at the next verse, verse 5. Glorify me, therefore. And now, oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the I! before the world began, I was sharing a certain glory with you. He said, Now that I've come to do this human work, glorify me with that kind of glory that I had before the world began, he existed. He existed. So now, Jesus Christ, people will say, but Jesus, this, you know, Paul said, okay, like Titus chapter um, verse 13, 2 verse 13, which calls, which says that God, uh, Jesus Christ, 
our Lord and Savior, our God and Savior, okay? So he refers to Jesus Christ as our great God. In fact, not just God, great God. He, Jesus is, uh, he said, Paul said, Jesus is the great God and Savior. What? Looking forward to the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's clear. He's our great God. Say, Jesus is our great God. Jesus Say it again. Great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul said it. Peter also said it in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, about our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he used the phrase, our God, righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, you say that, oh, it's only Paul who said that, and Peter. But one of the things that the Muslims who carry Bible around, and, and what they want to quote is usually John chapter um, 14, verse 9, when Jesus said, uh, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's what he said. Jesus, they will tell you, Jesus never said he was God. It's people who are claiming it for him. Jesus never said it. Because they don't, they don't understand. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10, this is God. He said that ye are my witness. Says who? Says who? The Lord. The Lord there is talking about Adonai. The sovereign Lord. That's capital L capital O, that means it's the, the ineffable name of God. He's talking about God is the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that what? And understand that uh, uh, I am he. Now, when you read the actual Greek translation of this, that which the Bible that Peter and all the rest read, Jesus read, yeah, they read not the Hebrew, most of the time they didn't read the Hebrew Bible. They read the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. Does that make it? Peter, all of them. It's called the Septuagint. The Septuagint. So, because it's like the way we speak English, almost everywhere. When you go to China, even road signs are in Chinese and English. Spain, same. English, Italy, English. China. Uh, I, when I went to Italy, I didn't see uh, French. It's Italian and English. Italian and English. Where you, most of the time, when you go to places, generally speaking, it's English and Italian. It's sorry, English and the language. English and the language. So the, the lingual franca of those days is Greek because of Alexander the Great, who conquered the then known world. And Alexander the Great was Greek. And when he conquered the world in those days, everywhere he colonized, he made sure, when you come and you are speaking to him, he will say, for goodness sake, speak Greek. So it's a phrase that is everybody, historians know about Alexander the Great. For goodness sake, speak Greek. For, and this happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the intertestamental time, the 400 years of gap. That was when Alexander the Great, before Jesus was born, Alexander the Great ruled the world and made Greek a common language around the world. So you can travel from UK to Italy and at least be able to speak some English. So then it makes communication across borders and across cross-cultural communications easy. That paved the way for the spreading of the gospel. So before the gospel was started to be preached, there was a common grounds for, uh, for communication. That's why the New Testament was written in Greek. Because that was the common language at that time. And so then, the Old Testament 
which was originally Hebrew, was translated into a Greek version. Now, it doesn't make sense. So the Greek version of the Old Testament is called the Septuagint. And now in the Septuagint, the, the word there, and I and believe me, and understand that I am, is not, there's no he, understand that I am. That's the name of God. That, that name, I am. Ego imi, I am. And so in John chapter 13, verse 19, Jesus Christ talking to his disciples was telling them that I've said all these things so that when it comes to happen, oh, come on. Now I tell you before it, it, it comes that when it does come to pass, you may know that I am. If you have King James, actually, you will see that that he is italized. It's in italics. Those of you who have not been using your Bible, even though you bring it to How many of you can see italics? The, the he is, that means anytime you're reading a Bible, you come across something like that. It means that in the original, it's not there. But to make sense. So, because how is it? Uh, if it let's take away the he and see. And I believe that I am. Generally speaking, it doesn't make grammatic sense. But originally, that's what he said. Believe that I am a go in me. He used the name of God. Wow. When he says that in Isaiah. So the audience of Jesus knew exactly what he meant. Because in Isaiah, God said that, that you will know that I am. In the Greek times, they know that I am. And Jesus also comes and he says that I am. I've said all these things so that when they come to pass, you will know that what? I am. Then in, jo in John chapter 8, verse 58, he said before Abraham, I what did you think he meant? Why did they take stones to stone him for someone to say I am? Let's, let's assume he's deluded and he's, he's mad. So if Jesus says before Abraham, he didn't say I was. Let's assume he said I was. The guy, this guy's a lunatic. Ignore him. He said, in fact, Agrippa said, Paul, much steady is making you mad. He didn't, want to, he didn't take him serious. He said, hey, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad, but I'm speaking to you. Things that are uh, Acts chapter 26. Yeah. Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside yourself. Much learning makes thee mad. Because the things he was talking about, see, when you begin to speak the gospel, it's beyond human comprehension. Says, the, the, the ideology is too grandiose. Yes. So how many of you, some people, haven't they told you this thing is now getting, affecting you? Yes. <laughs> they said he's affecting you. You're not the first person they told. They told Paul that Paul, a whole king, a whole king, uh, uh, okay, uh, who said it? Festus. Okay, Festus is not a king. Festus was a governor. He said, Paul, you're beside yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Paul said, I'm not mad, but I'm speaking. Listen, Paul said, I am not mad. Most festo, uh, most noble part. I speak forth words of truth and soberness. Wow. So if Jesus said before Abraham, I was, they should know these guys. But why do serious minded people, scribes, seniors, the Jews, they pick up stones? Come on. Then they. They, they, no, look, they took up stones to cast at him. But Jesus just hid himself. Can you imagine Jesus? <laughs> but why is he afraid of dying? Yeah, no, it wasn't his time to die. Then, that's what dying, he was coming to die. But he can't be died by stoning. Other than that, you can't be saved. The Jews' way of executing a person is stoning. 
That's why they brought the woman caught in adultery. They said Moses and the Lord said stone. That's how the execution, capital punishment is by stoning. That's the Jews' way. But stoning is not a sign of curse. When you die on a tree, like Judas hung himself on a tree, it's a curse. Because he said, curse is he who hangs on the tree. According to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Cursed is he who hung on a tree. So Christ had to die on a tree. But Jews don't kill on a tree. That's why when they said, uh, Pontius Pilate said in Matthew, uh, John chapter 19, go and kill him. They said, no, we can't kill him. Pontius Pilate didn't want to kill the guy. He said, go and kill him yourself. But if the Jews kill him, they'll stone him. But he was supposed to die on the tree. He was supposed to hang on the cross for our sins. Because he wasn't dying for himself. So that's why the, those times, the Jews had to be under Roman authority. <laughs> if they were not under Roman authority, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have died a Roman death. Roman style of execution. But he was under Roman authority, so there, it was the Roman authority that sentenced him to death. So there, he had to die on the tree. Hallelujah! Amen. Anyway, so Jesus Christ himself said, I am, then they pick up stones to stone him. Because well, they understood that by saying that, He's saying he's blaspheming. Why, is he, why do they say that blaspheming? Because he's saying he's God. He said, I am. Jesus said that, John chapter 8, verse 24, that unless you believe that, I, you will die your sins. You have to believe that I'm God. You see, that's the bedrock of Christianity. I, the, I, you are saved because you believe Jesus is God. Hello? That, that's that's why, why you are saved. If you don't believe Jesus is God, you are not saved. You are on your way straight to hell. Even though you are in church, you are still going to hell. It's not church that makes you escape hell. It's the fact that you are believing in Christ, then you become a child of God. That's what makes you part of the church. That's why you should come to church. And then when you are in church, that's why Christ is coming for the church. So we are all going. When you are in a jet and it lands in JFK or Heathrow, you can't say that I didn't land in Heathrow. We are all there. So when you are in the church and Christ is coming, we are all going together, right? When there's a plane crash, God forbid, anyone who is in first class, business class, premium economy, economy, they all crash. It's not like, oh, this one is the business class. That No, no, it's the same. So once you are part of the church, when Christ is coming, we are going together. But how, what makes you part of the church? He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Amen. Of the rock, the revelation that Jesus Christ is the son of God means he's God. And then he's the Christ, the one who died to save us from our sins. That's all that makes you a Christian, not your behavior. Yeah. And then your behavior, if you believe it, it will influence your behavior. Yeah. That's what makes you a Christian. You are the, and Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. So now if you are in the church, he's coming, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, he's coming for the church. He gave himself, verse 25, love your wife, as Christ loved this church, and gave himself for him, that he might present it to a glorious so, and he's coming for the church when he's returning. So that is why when you are in church, you're actually going to heaven. But what makes you part of the church? What you believe? You believe that Jesus Christ. All right. So Jesus himself said, I am God. He's, he said it by, in fact, when he resurrected from the dead, John chapter 20, he appeared to the disciples. He appeared at the time when Thomas was not there in the verse 1920-21. So Thomas was not there and he appeared. They had locked themselves in the room, but he appeared. You can't keep him out. He appeared. So after, after that, when Thomas came back, they told him that Jesus had appeared. The Lord has been here. He said, no, 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 no. Unless I see him 
and put my finger in his wounds. Uh, can you imagine? You know the guy was wounded. You want to put your feet? How can you do that? How can you expect that? I'll put my finger in his wound. I will not believe. Huh? You will not believe unless you see it. So eight days later or a week later, they were together again. And this uh, Jesus appeared when Thomas was there. And then when he appeared, he, 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 all the noise, he couldn't do it. <laughs> he, he said, Thomas, feel me. Put your finger there. He said, he said, then he said to Thomas, reach out your finger here and look at. That means that he actually was still around. Yes, 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 yes. They didn't see him, but he was still around. Yes. That's the glorious body. Ah, wow. He showed up. He can eat fish. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he said, Thomas, look. <laughs> Thomas, reach out your finger. He said, reach out your finger. Look at my hands. And reach out your hands here. And put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. What are you waiting to see before? Then he said, blessed are they. Blessed is he who hasn't seen, but believe. Hallelujah. Yes. He said, oh, go to the next verse. Verse 30. Uh, uh, sorry, let's go back. 28. It's rather in 28, right? 29. Okay, Thomas said, my Lord. Yeah, okay. But, but before Jesus even said this, look at what Thomas, verse 26. Verse 20, 20, 26. <laughs> After eight days, he appeared again. And he said, peace be upon you. 27. Then he said, Thomas, reach out your finger. Uh, look at my hands. And I put it at the side. Then Thomas said, look at what Thomas said. Thomas said, my Lord. Excuse me. Do you know what it means for a Jewish boy, a Jewish man, who has been raised Jew in Judaism to call another human being God? And after the resurrection, did you realize they started worshiping on Sunday? Meanwhile, it's the, the day of worship was Saturday. What will make a Muslim change bowing to Allah on Friday? See the way they are religious about it. And for these Jews to change, that means they must have had an encounter. And for a Jewish man to call, he's a religious man. That's why he followed Jesus. To call him my Lord. And in fact, he was a very intelligent guy. Because he said, I want proofs. He said, my Lord. Some people say, oh, but he said to Jesus, my Lord. And he said, oh, my God, please. <laughs> Jesus, if he wasn't God, he would have said, stop it. He would have said, stop it. But rather said, blessed are those who haven't seen but believed. So he didn't reject it because he is. Jesus admitted he is God. Say, Jesus is God. So now, the Father is God. The, uh, the Son is God. The Holy Spirit is also God, as I showed you, separate unto me. And the Bible says that Peter and Ananias and Sapphira lied not to men, but to God. After they said, Peter said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Why has Satan filled your heart? Verse 3. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Spirit? You have not lied to man, but you have lied to God. So the Spirit is God. All right? Now, quickly in conclusion, let me come to, um, before the objections. First mm, John chapter 5, verse 7. Very interesting scripture. Let's read that from the screen. Let's go.
How many? How many are we talking about here? How many? How many? Is it one or is it three? One. I don't know if you believe it's three. Uh, but what did he say? For there are? Three. There are? Three. How many? Three. What's your problem? Is it not basic grammar? He <laughs> said there are three. It's there. No, no, sorry. Please, if you, if, if you go do like this, 11 plus will not work for you. <laughs> oh, sorry, I understand. None of you, the 11 plus didn't work. That's right. <laughs> but at least even if it didn't work, this one doesn't require 11 plus. Hey, it doesn't uh, even 11 minus if <laughs> able to do this one. There are three that bear witness in heaven. How many? Three. Simple as that. Oh. And that these three are what? So these three, there are three. And yet one. That's where the conundrum comes. Is it three or one? So you're actually right. Those who say well, it's one. <laughs> it's three and it's one. So what are we talking about? Let's define God. Is he three or is he one? (laughs) God is three and he's one. God is one. Not three gods. Not three gods. Not three gods. No, God is one. But this one is three. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Since when did... Your course, if it makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you've studied. There's still more you don't understand. Yes, 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 yes. And yet suddenly we want to understand God. Wow. There's something called modalism. It's, it's an, ex, an attempt to explain the Trinity. It's modalist. Or modalism is when you say, this is one God, but he became just like water, gaseous state and solid state. See, but it's still water. But just, so it's God. But at a point in time, he became like Jesus. So he changes and becomes like Jesus. Then quickly went back and then came back like a Holy Spirit. It's, 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 <laughs> so it's like changes moods. It changes moods. Modalism. And that's not true. So what they suppose is God is one person, but appears in different Modes. No, 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 no. God is not one person. God is one nature, one essence, essence, one essence. Holy God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The the theological terminology is homoousios. Homoousios, same essence. Homoousios, same essence. So the Holy Spirit is same essence. The Father is same essence. The Son is same essence. Because of my time, let me let me push this for you. Can I push it? Can I push it? You have to push it, push it. Can I push it? This is very important. God is... So when you see Jesus, this is very important. I think I need to. Um, um, you know, there's this leaf that has got three... What's it called? Clover. Good. It's one leaf, but it has three cloves. Right? Three what? Cloves. Okay. <laughs> if you, so they say that's, is it the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, God, the Holy Spirit. 
So if you take one, that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The, the problem with that is when you take one, it's not the same as the three together. So the, the, the leaf, that leaf, particularly, if you take one of the clothes, the two is not the same. That one is not the same. You know, it's, at, it's part, it's a third. It's a third. So Jesus is not a third of God, please. It's not like he's a third of God. The Holy Spirit is a third. So when they come together, they make what? No, please. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it talks about Jesus Christ. And he says that, no, sorry, verse 9. He says that in him, let's already out very loud if you can. Ah, are you familiar with the word Godhead? Yes. Let's read it out again. What's the meaning of Godhead? The Trinity. So, in, 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 who is the hymn talking about? Jesus Christ. Okay. Inside Christ, when you saw Christ walking, that's why I said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. When you saw him walking, the fullness of Godhead was in him. It pleases the Father that in him, Colossians chapter 1, verse I think, 19, it pleased the Father that in him, the full, it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell. Aye! Wow. Even the temple that Solomon built could not contain God. The temple, that in its mag magnificence, it couldn't contain God. The tabernacle couldn't contain God itself, himself. Nothing physical, nothing earthly can contain God. And yet, when the sun stepped on the earth, in him dwelleth. Ah, it pleased the Father that the fool. Hey! So he's not, he's not partly God. He's fully God. When the Holy Spirit is working, uh, Trinitatis Adestra. Opera Trinitatis Adestra Indivisa Sant. When you see the Holy Spirit, it's Father, Son, who are away. When you say, I worship the Father, implies I worship the Son, I worship the Spirit. It's, you can't, it's Indivisa Sant. You can't divide them. Even though they are, in, they, oh, this is interesting. The Father is not equal to the Son. I'm not saying they are not equal, but. When you say the Father, the Father, we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Spirit. You can't say the Father is the same as the Son. The Father is not the same as the Son. So when you say Father, you, you, we are actually saying, you actually say it's the same when I say Son. No, it's not the Father who died on the cross. The Father didn't die. The Father sent the Son. For the, Pastor, but this is very confusing. We are talking about God now, please. We are talking about God. We are just, you just be aware of it, but don't attempt to understand. Why do we try to define God? If we say God is one, we have defined him. When you define something, you restrict it. So if you say God is one, you have actually restricted him. You have defined him. So God decided that you can't define me. I am one and I am three. What would you say I am? I don't know. You are both. You are one. You are three. Whatever you say, that's what you are. So, so that, that is, it's, it's amazing how human beings want to, okay, I have to understand this. I have to understand this. I have to, even you yourself, you have not understand why you like girls like that. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't understood why you can't get your boyfriend off your head. 
your ex off your mind. You have been understood and you want to understand God. Please! <laughs> we, 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 we make ourselves too much. So, the father, the son, Jesus Christ, when he was sending them, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, he said, go and then make disciples, verse 18, disciples out of all nations, baptizing them. Look at what he said. Baptizing them how? In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. What? Jesus said that. Baptize them not in the name of the, the, just the Son. Not in the name of just the Father. But the Father, the Son, and not the Holy Spirit because these three are one. There are three that bear witness in heaven. And these three are one. They are one. They are one. God is one. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is one. <laughs> they are one. God is one. God is the Father. The, the, the Godhead is fully expressed in the Father. The Godhead is, is fully expressed in the Son. The Godhead is fully expressed in the Spirit. And when you study throughout Scripture, you can find the same God who is the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he has been actually properly revealed for us to know. He is the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And in, in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Trinity. And don't forget, opera trinitatis adestra indivisa sant. Opera trinitatis adestra indivisa sant. One more time. Opera trinitatis adestra indivisa For the last time, opera trinitatis adestra indivisa Did you learn something? Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.